Section 42 The Salvation Army A Sketch This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Hirsch By an officer of seventeen years standing What is the Salvation Army? It is an organization existing to effect a radical revolution in the spiritual condition of the enormous majority of the people of all lands. Its aim is to produce a change not only in the opinions, feelings, and principles of these vast populations, but to alter the whole course of their lives, so that instead of spending their time in frivolity and pleasure-seeking, if not in the grossest forms of vice, they shall spend it in the service of their generation and in the worship of God. So far it has mainly operated in professedly Christian countries, where the overwhelming majority of the people have ceased, publicly at any rate, to worship Jesus Christ, or to submit themselves in any way to his authority. To what extent has the army succeeded? Its flag is now flying in 34 countries or colonies, where under the leadership of nearly 10,000 men and women, whose lives are entirely given up to the work, it is holding some 49,800 religious meetings every week, attended by millions of persons who ten years ago would have laughed at the idea of praying. And these operations are but the means for further extension, as will be seen, especially when it is remembered that the army has its 27 weekly newspapers, of which no less than 31 million copies are sold in the streets, public houses, and popular resorts of the godless majority. From its ranks it is, therefore, certain that an ever-increasing multitude of men and women must eventually be won that all this has not amounted to the creation of a mere passing gust of feeling may best be demonstrated perhaps from the fact that the army has accumulated no less than seven hundred seventy five thousand pounds worth of property pays rentals amounting to two hundred twenty thousand pounds per annum for its meeting places and has a total income from all sources of three quarters of a million per annum now, consider from whence all this has sprung. It is only twenty-five years since the author of this volume stood absolutely alone in the east of London to endeavor to Christianize its irreligious multitudes without the remotest conception in his own mind of the possibility of any such organization being created. Consider, moreover, through what opposition the Salvation Army has ever had to make its way. In each country it has to face universal prejudice, distrust, and contempt, and often stronger antipathy still. This opposition has generally found expression in systematic, governmental, and police restriction, followed in too many cases by imprisonment and by the condemnatory outpourings of bishops, clergy, pressmen, and others, naturally followed in too many instances by the oaths and curses, the blows and insults of the populace. Through all this, in country after country, the army makes its way to the position of universal respect.
that respect at any rate which is shown to those who have conquered and of what material has this conquering host been made wherever the army goes it gathers into its meetings in the first instance a crowd of the most debased brutal blasphemous elements that can be found who if permitted interrupt the services and if they see the slightest sign of police tolerance for their misconduct frequently fall upon the army officers or their property with violence yet a couple of officers face such an audience with the absolute certainty of recruiting out of it an army corps many thousands of those who are now most prominent in the ranks of the army never knew what it was to pray before they attended its services and large numbers of them had settled into profound conviction that everything connected with religion was utterly false it is out of such material that god has constructed what is admitted to be one of the most fervid bodies of believers ever seen on the face of the earth many persons in looking at the progress of the army have shown a strange want of discernment in talking and writing as though all this had been done in a most haphazard fashion or as though an individual could by the mere effort of his will produce such changes in the lives of others as he chose the slightest reflection will be sufficient we are sure to convince any impartial individual that the gigantic results attained by the salvation army could only be reached by steady unaltering processes adapted to this end and what are the processes by which this great army has been made first the foundation of all the army's success looked at apart from its divine source of strength is its continued direct attack upon those whom it seeks to bring under the influence of the gospel the salvation army officer instead of standing upon some dignified pedestal to describe the fallen condition of his fellow men in the hope that though far from him they may thus by some mysterious process come to a better life goes down into the street and from door to door and from room to room lays his hands on those who are spiritually sick and leads them to the almighty healer in its forms of speech and writing the army constantly exhibits this same characteristic instead of propounding religious theories or pretending to teach a system of theology it speaks much after the fashion of the old prophet or apostle to each individual about his or her sin and duty thus bringing to bear upon each heart and conscience the light and power from heaven by which alone the world can be transformed second and step by step along with this human contact goes unmistakably something that is not human the puzzlement and self-contradiction of most critics of the army springs undoubtedly from the fact that they are bound to account for its success without admitting that any superhuman power attends its ministry yet day after day and night after night the wonderful facts go on multiplying 
the man who last night was drunk in a london slum is tonight standing up for christ on an army platform the clever skeptic who a few weeks ago was interrupting the speakers in berlin and pouring contempt upon their claims to a personal knowledge of the unseen saviour is today as thorough a believer as any of them the poor girl lost to shame and hope who a month ago was an outcast of paris is today a modest devoted follower of christ working in a humble situation to those who admit we are right in saying this is the lord's doing all is simple enough and our certainty that the dregs of society can become its ornaments requires no further explanation third all these modern miracles would however have been comparatively useless but for the army's system of utilizing the gifts and energies of our converts to the uttermost suppose that without any claim to divine power the army had succeeded in raising up tens of thousands of persons formerly unknown and unseen in the community and made them into singers speakers musicians and orderlies that would surely in itself have been a remarkable fact but not only have these engaged in various labors for the benefit of the community they have been filled with a burning ambition to attain the highest possible degree of usefulness no one can wonder that we expect to see the same process carried on successfully amongst our new friends of the casual ward and the slum and if the army has been able to accomplish all this utilization of human talents for the highest purposes in spite of an almost universally prevailing contrary practice among the churches what may not its social wing be expected to do with the example of the army before it fourth the maintenance of all this system has of course been largely due to the unqualified acceptance of military government and discipline but for this we cannot be blind to the fact that even in our own ranks difficulties would every day arise as to the exaltation to front seats of those who were formerly persecutors and injurious the old feeling which would have kept paul suspected in the background after his conversion is unfortunately a part of the conservative groundwork of human nature that continues to exist everywhere and which has to be overcome by rigid discipline in order to secure that everywhere and always the new convert should be made the most of for christ but our army system is a great indisputable fact so much so that our enemies sometimes reproach us with it that it should be possible to create an army organization and to secure faithfully execution of duty daily is indeed a wonder but a wonder accomplished just as completely amongst the republicans of america and france as amongst the militarily trained germans or the subjects of the british monarchy it is notorious that we can send an officer from london possessed of no extraordinary ability to take command of any corps in the world with a certainty 
that he will find soldiers eager to do his bidding and without a thought of disputing his commands so long as he continues faithful to the orders and regulations under which his men are enlisted fifth but those show a curious ignorance who set down our successes to this discipline as though it were something of the prison order although enforced without any of the power lying either behind the prison warder or the catholic priest on the contrary wherever the discipline of the army has been endangered and its regular success for a time interrupted it has been through an attempt to enforce it without enough of that joyous cheerful spirit of love which is its main spring nobody can become acquainted with our soldiers in any land without being almost immediately struck with their extraordinary gladness and this joy is in itself one of the most infectious and influential elements of the army's success but if this be so amid the comparatively well-to-do judge of what its results are likely to be amongst the poorest and most wretched to those who have never known bright days the mere sight of a happy face is as it were a revelation and inspiration in one sixth but the army's success does not come with magical rapidity it depends like that of all real work upon infinite perseverance to say nothing of the perseverance of the officer who has made the saving of men his life work and who occupied and absorbed with this great pursuit may naturally enough be expected to remain faithful there are multitudes of our soldiers who after a hard day's toil for their daily bread have but a few hours of leisure but devoted ungrudgingly to the service of the war again and again when the remains of some soldier are laid to rest amid the almost universal respect of a town which once knew him only as an evil-doer we hear it said that this man since the date of his conversion from five to ten years ago has seldom been absent from his post and never without good reason for it his duty may have been comparatively insignificant only a door-opener only a war-cry seller yet sunday after sunday evening after evening he would be present no matter who the commanding officer might be to do his part bearing with the unruly breathing hope into the distressed and showing unwavering faithfulness to all the continuance of these processes of mercy depends largely upon leadership and the creation and maintenance of this leadership has been one of the marvels of the movement we have men to-day looked up to and reverenced over wide areas of country arousing multitudes to the most devoted service who a few years ago were champions of iniquity notorious in nearly every form of vice and some of them ringleaders in violent opposition to the army we have a right to believe that on the same lines god is going to raise up just such leaders without measure and without end beneath behind and pervading all the successes of the salvation army 
is a force against which the world may sneer, but without which the world's miseries cannot be removed. The force of that divine love which breathed on Calvary, and which God is able to communicate by His Spirit to human hearts today. It is pitiful to see intelligent men attempting to account, without the admission of this great fact, for the self-sacrifice and success of salvation officers and soldiers. If those who wish to understand the army would only take the trouble to spend as much as twenty-four hours with its people, how different in almost every instance would be the conclusions arrived at. Half an hour spent in the rooms inhabited by many of our officers would be sufficient to convince even a well-to-do working man that life could not be lived happily in such circumstances without some superhuman power, which alike sustains and gladdens the soul, altogether independently of earthly surroundings. The scheme that has been propounded in this volume would, we are quite satisfied, have no chance of success were it not for the fact that we have such a vast supply of men and women, who, through the love of Christ ruling in their hearts, are prepared to look upon a life of self-sacrificing effort for the benefit of the vilest and roughest as the highest of privileges. With such a force at command, we dare to say that the accomplishment of this stupendous undertaking is a foregone conclusion, if the material assistance which the army does not possess is forthcoming. End of section 42. Recording by Tom Hirsch.